Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Nate. And we are going to tell you all the things you really want to hear for teens. So if there's anything that we haven't talked about yet or questions that you have that you'd like to know about, let us know by emailing us at realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So once again, realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our new episodes every week. All right, we are back with episode three. Yeah, this is number three. And I lost my voice a little bit because last week of school's, you know, a little crazy, a little cray cray. So, <laughs> what? Isn't that what the cool kids call it? Cray cray? Or not what, anymore? What, what's it called when people that aren't cool try to say things that they think are cool? I don't know. Mm. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Rude. Old boomers. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> boomer. You're way older than I am. Yeah, Nate yeah. is way older than I am. Anyway, episode three. My voice is a little bit gone. But we got so many questions this week. I am so excited. By and the way, episode three, before we get into the questions, we're going to talk about peer pressure because there's going to be a lot of that this summer, I think, for some of you guys. And I also should remind you, we really aren't experts at much of anything, right? No. Just Just trying to help where we can. So just remember that. Um, you can take what we say with a grain of salt, I guess. If you don't know what that means, you can you can look it up. But Or ask your parents since they're boomers like we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Lots and lots of questions. We're just going to start at the top. Um, so this first question is, what are the best ways to deal with mental health issues such as depression and, and anxiety during the summer? Um, in order to answer this question, uh, we actually called in an expert. He's not here now, but um, Jessica's grandfather is a retired psychologist. Um, his name's Dr. Alan Rowe, so he's actually... Um, licensed to deal with some of these things. And then we'll tell you kind of like what we've seen too, but he had some pretty good advice, so she's going to get to that for you. Yeah, he, <clears throat> so for anxiety, he recommended quite a few books. And can we add those in the comments? Like, can we put those in the description for them? Yeah, you could probably do that. I'm going to put those in the description because there's a lot on there. But I love reading about, like mental illnesses like anxiety depression because i think they have so many good things there is one book that i recommend and it is called the anxiety workbook for teens it is fabulous i have bought in copies before and given them to my students i've looked through it i really think it is a fantastic workbook to try to kind of figure out like your anxiety, because anxiety is different for everyone. It's not going to be the same. And if you can figure out what's triggering it and how to cope with that, that's going to help you so much in life. And that one's on Amazon. I think it's like $10. Am I allowed to say Amazon? I don't know. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. All right. And then he gave me some worksheets that he has made about anxiety and 
with those worksheets, they're similar to that book I just recommended. And so it talks about like what you can do if you want to make things better and what you can do if you want to make things worse. And a lot of that's in the book that I've referred to. So I'm not going to go over those with you. And there are other books on Amazon made by the same people. And there you have like ones with dealing with anger and dealing with self-esteem. And a lot of my counselors at my school use these ones often. So they really are great. So that one I'll also put in the comments. Now, our advice for you, if it's depression, oftentimes depression, and I'm going to probably talk more than Nate on this. You can chime in, but I get to teach this in my class. Um, oftentimes with depression, people don't necessarily want to be around other people and sometimes to help with that going around people is going to help like having a support system having people you can talk to will help that's the hard thing with summertime versus being in school because in school you have your friends you have a routine you have your teachers and our bodies thrive on social interaction and routines. So you get a summertime and you may not have a routine. You may not have friends that are by you or people you can talk to. And it may feel easier just to lay around watching Netflix and not doing anything. And that's the hardest part with... Not having a habit, not having a routine. Yeah. When you're alone and you're depressed, it only begets more being alone and being more depressed. I mean, Jessica teaches this. Jess teaches this. But I, when my dad died, and uh, some of you guys know about that story. Some of you don't. Um, there were days where I would just come home and I would throw myself on the bed and I wouldn't want to do anything. And, and, and I think I had, you know, some depression in there. You have to just be active you have to make yourself be active so if you want to try to avoid depression and letting it it get worse when you're alone during the summertime a lot you have to make yourself get out there you have to even if it's just walking to a park by yourself and being around people even if you don't know them if that's your only option it's still better than sitting at home staring at a screen or doing nothing right yeah and with that though sometimes depression can get so bad that you really can't make yourself do that. And we are not doctors. We are not psychologists. So if you are suffering from depression or anxiety, we really do recommend you see a doctor, see a counselor, see someone who has had years of experience and training in that because we don't know you. We don't know how bad it is. We can't tell you, oh, you need medication or, oh, exercise would be great, but a doctor really can help you with that. And some people need medication to help jumpstart it and then they're able to work out and go outside and want to be around people. And other people are able to just start working out and that can help with anxiety or depression. That helped me a lot, actually. 
I would also say talk to your parents. Like if you really are suffering and you haven't yet, make sure you include your parents in all of that. It, it, it can really, really help. Um, with anxiety, I've told my students this, um, and I've, I've dealt with uh, a lot that have dealt with anxiety. Um, but even in the midst of, a, of, of attacks, I've you know, taken them aside and told them, okay, breathe in deeply, count to eight, and then out for eight, and then in for six, and out for six, and then in for four, and out for four, and in for two, and out for two. And what's happening is, is as you're focusing on your breathing and counting in for eight and out for eight and in for six, so on and so forth, you're taking your mind off of what is causing the anxiousness that you feel, and it's starting to actually calm you down. Um, it can actually literally cause your heart to slow down too, which can help to kind of reverse the action. Sometimes it doesn't work, but a lot of the times it can, just being aware of things. So anxiety can be helped a lot with just being aware of what's going on and breathing can really help that. And the reason why it helps take your mind off of it is because in your brain, we have a part of our brain called the amygdala and that's like your emotion sense, like emotions sensor. And when that is running, it shuts down like your frontal lobe. So you're not going to be making the most logical decisions and your problem solving isn't going to be as great. But once you focus on your breathing or becoming mindful of other things around you, that helps that frontal lobe start to kick in, which can help you with the emotional part. And we are going to have a whole podcast on this, aren't we? On mental illnesses. Jess really wants to cover that, actually. So. I do, because I am looking at the time, and I'm like, I could talk about this for another 25 minutes. But really, our recommendations are, like, have a schedule, have goals. We talked about that last time. That really helps. Stay in touch with friends. See them. See people. Be social. Force yourself to do it. And talk to someone. Talk to someone like a trusted adult, maybe it's not your parents. Maybe it's your grandparents yeah, or yeah. your aunt and uncle. But, and then if you really feel like it's getting bad enough, you can seek a doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. But we can't tell you get medication or how bad your depression or anxiety is, but there are lots and lots of ways to help with it. Yeah. We better move on with the next question. Um, so it is, how can you not let what people say affect how you feel and live? So basically, how can you be positive about yourself when people say things that might hurt your feelings or might make you want to change the way you live? And I think in reality, for me, it, look, we are our own worst enemy. Literally, that is a quote that I try to live by. And if somebody says something to you that hurts your feelings or, and they don't even know it or even they do, you've got to remember that you are awesome. And you may not believe that, but you are. Um, and if anything, remember that there is somebody that loves you. And if somebody loves you, it's got to be for a reason. And it's not just because they're your parents or your friends or something like that. It's because there's something about you that there is deep inside or even on the surface that is lovable. That means that you can't be all that bad, right? The point is, is you just have to have positive thinking, I think. People can be jerks. They flat out just can be. 
and you have to make the decision to not let it affect you and that's really just the long and the short of it i was um in the police academy for a while and one of my teachers in the police academy said that as a police officer if you walk into a situation and it could be anything it could be a teacher or a, a criminal that has really hurt somebody or whatever um, if you let that person get to you and your anger comes out you lose the situation's over um, if you react to that situation that person can walk and i think that that really works here don't let them get to you people are gonna be dumb and that's just a fact of life don't let them get to you there's nothing about what they say that has to get to you you can you can really just be positive thinking and avoid it because you are awesome and you are loved and you are cared for regardless of what somebody else thinks there's always going to be somebody that doesn't that doesn't uh agree with you or doesn't like you or whatever you know seven years into teaching now i always have a student or two or three that i just i can't reach and i try but i just can't and it sucks but it's just part of life um next I, question wait oh. i think though with that it's easier said than done like to let not let someone what they say to affect you but if you're working on your self-esteem and your self-confidence then that's really gonna help write something nice about yourself on the mirror look at yourself every morning and tell yourself i am amazing you know and that's gonna help a lot is building your self-esteem well yeah and that goes back to the five a day thing that we talked about in the previous podcast mm -hmm. um if you do something like that where you, you do five things a day for yourself, it's going to make you have more self-esteem. It's going to make you feel more positive about mm -hmm. yourself. And that really can help. And then we actually had somebody write in about that and talk about their experience with that and how it's been a positive thing. So um, I think, you know, there's a testament for you. Try it if you haven't yet. All right. Our next question is how to weigh what's important and what is not. What I do for me, I try to think about, is this going to matter in five minutes? Is this going to matter in five hours, five days, five years? Five years? <clears throat> and that's going to show me kind of what's important in the moment. But if we backtrack a lot, then and depending on what it is, like whether this is between Nate and I and our relationship or with me personally or my family, we have values set. So for yourself, those are called your core values. What is the most important thing to you? And usually your core values are around five things. Oftentimes, I have my students do this. They're friends, family, and whatever else they decide. And then when it comes to a decision, is it one of your core values or is it not? Because you should base your goals, your decisions off of your core values. What is most important to you? For instance, um, my core values are friends. I have really good friends. I'm going to put them near the top of my priorities if they need something. My family. My family is a huge priority to me. Education is one of my core values because I feel so strongly about education and teaching people and health. I teach health. That's the thing I teach. And health, I think, has so many aspects in our life. So you really just need to sit down and try to summarize the things 
that are most important to you. And instead of saying like drawing and painting and creating things, you could say art. So you want them to be more broad rather than more narrow and specific things. Okay, the next question is, when am I supposed to start prepping for finding a job? When should I focus on this decision? And in reality, this is this is a personal decision, I think. I've seen students who start working really early. Um, they get a great job. And I've, I've seen kids drop out of school because they get these wonderful jobs and they can't see the benefit of school. I'm not saying that that's going to happen to you or anything, but that's you know a potential if you put too much effort into work. Um, so it's a great question in the sense that you need to decide what's important to you before you make a decision to go back to work. As long as you know, like for example, as, as Jess just mentioned, one of her core values is education. If education is one of your core values and you know it is, get a job. Just make sure that your job doesn't impact your education core value to the point where education is put on the back burner. Um, you know, a story about that is, is I was, when I was going to college, um, I got a job and I was not really able to manage my time well between having a job and going to school. And I had to put a lot of effort into the job and I stopped going to school for a while, which really was terrible. So I quit working and went back to school. But the point is, is it's really a personal decision. There's never a bad thing um, about getting a job, but if it's going to impact other goals that you have, again, like education, then maybe it's not for you. If you're not able to manage your time really well as it is, maybe getting a job isn't great. But one of the cool things about having summer is get a job, see how you manage it. See if you think you can manage um, school and work. But in reality, I can promise you from personal experience, getting an education and a degree has made me so much happier. I used to work those manual labor jobs. I grew up on a farm. I used to make good money working with my hands and working with my strength and my brawn. And that was great and all, but it just isn't something you can do long term. It breaks you down. It's exhausting. And also you're expendable in jobs like that. Education makes it a lot harder for you to not have something to fall back on. Education makes you more valuable to the workplace. So that's something that I would encourage that you think about. Okay, so our next question is, how do you help a friend in a tough place, emotionally speaking, um, and how do you help someone when they don't want help? Um, and that's really a great question. The first thing that I would point out is, and it, I think it's hard for the teenage mind to understand this and that's nothing not a dig on you guys or anything it's just as you get older you learn to use your mind in different ways but if you yourself are struggling it's really hard for you to be able to help somebody that's struggling so like think of it as say you've got a friend that's dangling on the side of a cliff and you're dangling next to him you can't help him up because you need help up you need to be on top of the cliff to be able to help them so the point is is sometimes you can't help Sometimes you have to get somebody else's attention who's up on top of that cliff, right, to be able to help you. Um, and, and, and so just think about that analogy. Um, and really, I think the long and the short of it is, is if I were hanging on the side of a cliff with somebody to go with this analogy again, the best thing you could do is just be there with that person. Just be there. If those are your last moments, 
wouldn't you want to make them as good as possible? Just just be there. So if you've got a friend who's struggling, show them love, show them attention, be around them. That's kind of the best thing that you're going to be able to do. And that may be the only help you can provide, but it's not something that you have to know. Like you don't have to know how to help somebody in every situation, especially if they don't want help. That The, the answer is still the same. Just be there. As a teacher, honestly, truthfully, I really want to try and help all my students in every way that I can, but I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their challenges are. I don't know where they, where they struggle. Sometimes I hear about it, sometimes I don't. But to the best of my ability, I will stand in front of that classroom every day and try to help those kids, you guys, feel like I love you, feel like I care about you. And if that's all that I can do, at least I'm helping you know that somebody cares. And sometimes when you're really struggling, that's enough. So again, my advice would be just let them know that you're there. Let them know that you care. All right. Our next question is, how do you tell a guy slash girl you're uncomfortable without hurting their feelings? Now, I thought about this question and I wasn't quite sure, like, is this uncomfortable with something they're doing, uncomfortable with hanging out with them, uncomfortable with dating them? I'm not sure, but I guess it doesn't necessarily matter what it is because you should put yourself first. If you are not comfortable with something, then you need to feel okay saying that. And you want to find someone, whether that's a friend or someone you're dating, that really cares about your feelings. I know that Nate, if we went somewhere and I said, hey, I don't really feel comfortable here. And he may think like, well, that's weird because I don't really care. But he respects me enough that he would say, okay, well, let's leave then. So I hope you find someone that you are comfortable enough around that you can tell them, hey, I'm uncomfortable. So I had a best friend who we went to a movie and I'm not going to name the movie because I don't know why we went to this movie. But we went to a movie and she's my very best friend. And... I looked over at her. I'm like, I am not okay with this movie. And she said, yeah, let's go. And so we went to a different theater and we watched High School Musical <laughs> instead. So that was kind of funny. But find your people that you can express that with. And if someone is trying to be physical with you, and you're not comfortable with it, you have to share those feelings with them. You just have to tell them, hey, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that, but I'm okay with this. So I tell my students, hey, I'm not okay making out, but we can hold hands instead. And they always laugh. But really, you have to be open and honest with them because no one deserves to be in a situation that they are not comfortable in. Well, and you get to decide too, like, if you're around people that don't value your feelings, surround yourself with different people. Like, 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 I know that sounds hard, but you deserve to be around people that value you and care about your thoughts and feelings. And if they don't, find other people. Like, just don't be around that person because that person is not somebody that you deserve to have to deal with. 
You get to decide. That's kind of the crazy thing about life sometimes. You have the power to decide who you surround yourself with. Make the decision and then make the hard ones. Um, the next question, it's, I always, so like what they're saying is, is they make a decision and that decision is usually made for themselves, but they have a specific friend who judges them for that decision or tries to make them feel bad for that decision. Um, and they want to know what to do in that situation because they really like this person and they're great friends, but they feel judged in that specific in, uh, situation. And I'm not necessarily sure what the situation is. There wasn't context there. But if you've got somebody that doesn't value you for choices that you make, I would clearly just state, look, this is how I feel about it. I'm sorry if you don't see it the same, but this is what I'm going to do. And if they really just keep getting mad about that and don't value what you say, it kind of goes back to our last question. Maybe that's a person that you need to start distancing yourself from. I mean, over time, relationships grow and change and mold and develop, and that's kind of what it's like to be a human. We learn how to treat people. We learn how to act around people. But you need to stick to who you are. You need to stick to your values, and don't change for anybody else. You are you, and if they don't want to get behind that, I'm sorry, but that person really needs to probably be moved out of your life a little bit. If they want to come back later on because they realize that you're important to them, they will. But you deserve people who are going to value you for the choices that you make, for the values that you have. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be that person you want to be. Yeah, and if they, like I said with my friends, you know, you want people that are going to value what you decide whether they agree with it or not, but they respect you as a person. Like I have a friend and we have different standards. Like I choose not to drink alcohol and she chooses to drink alcohol and she would never, ever, ever say, hey, you should drink alcohol because she knows that's my value and she may not agree with that and she may think that's silly, but she respects me as a person and she cares about me enough that she's not going to try to change that. And you really want to find those friends that respect you. Even if they have different opinions, different values, you can have those different things, those differences, but you are still friends. Yeah, well, and with this friend she's talking about, their common bond is the love they have for each other. Their life choices are different. But the love they have for each other is what keeps them together. And we don't what well, we don't see her a ton, but when we do, she comes and she stays and we spend some good time with her and it's great. But it's a good relationship that they have and it's still alive and well, but we have different values. We have you know a different way that we live. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's totally nothing wrong with that. What if I'm talking about a different friend? I didn't even say the friend's name. Well, they were just here yesterday, so I'm assuming we were talking about the same friend. So <laughs> He knows me too well. Um, but that really goes on for the rest of your life, it honestly. It really does. Even with your spouse, like you should always respect each other enough that if one of you feels uncomfortable with something, you respect each other enough and care about each other enough that it's okay. It has to be okay. Yeah. Um, so the next question kind of goes along with that a little bit. Um, how can you tell if you are ready for a relationship? What if you are unsure? Will you know if it's when will you know if it's the right time? 
Whew, that one's I feel like that one's kind of a tough one. And we're gonna spend another podcast on, on relationships. Relationships that how do you know? I mean, I could give you the science behind that. They say to not like date someone or like have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like a steady. I don't know if they even use that term. I'm going to think I'm a boomer every time I say something. Anyway, not <laughs> go steady with someone. Go out with someone. I don't know how you say it. Until you're around. Exclusive? I don't know. 15 or 16 years old is what the science says. And the reason for that is, is because you need to figure out who you are, what you value, what your goals are, what you want to accomplish in life. And you need to figure out yourself before you bring in someone else that you're trying to please. And because they can ultimately change how you are. Your goals and everything can be yeah. focused around that person. And now all of a sudden you're not going to accomplish anything. You're accomplishing something for that person, for that relationship. What if that relationship ends in a year? Exactly. Then what? And so really I think that question is so different to so many people yeah because yep. maturity levels are different and you getting to know yourself is different but that's what they recommend uh what was oh will you know if it's the right time i mean with this question it's like i think i think you got to bring your parents into the situation talk to them i know that's hard sometimes mm -hmm. but they've been in relationships they actually have some valuable feedback if you can get to them without getting emotional because you know i'm a dad with daughters and i'm not going to want to have this conversation with my daughters but in reality if i take a step back and realize well it's going to happen anyways i might be able to give them some pointers and your parents may be able to also but that being said if you've got somebody in your life that wants a relationship and they're pushing you for it and you're not ready then that's something that I would avoid completely. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a decision that you both come to collectively. Um, but just understand, you're young, right? And if you're if you're 18 and older, that's really a personal decision. But if you're if you're younger than that, if you're you know 15, 16, 14, whatever, you're young. I would say, what are you trying to accomplish with a relationship? You're not. I mean. I don't know of anybody in my life that's an adult right now that dated when they were 13, 14 years old and are married. I, I, I don't, honestly. I thought maybe they were in high school. Your uncle? High school. High school. My uncle was in high school. They, they met when he was 18. My grandma, maybe I'll share that in relationships. Yeah. Well, she actually ended up marrying someone and she was like 14 it does, but it but doesn't. We'll it, talk about it, that later. It doesn't happen very often. No. So the point is, is you've got to decide. Well, what's the point of this relationship? What am I trying to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And if you think, oh, I want to marry this person, I'm not. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but that's not a realistic goal at your age. It's it's just not. And you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And maybe you need to experience that. But just know that if that's your goal, it very well could end in failure, especially with the way that I know men boys are around that age we're stupid at me being 38 i'm stupid so at 14 i was really stupid we we don't even know how to tie our shoes most days let alone i'm gonna be in a relationship with this girl and and and, and girls you are so much or or boy whatever but you are so much more mature more responsible you you just are it's just how it is 
So if you're trying to be in a relationship with somebody that is less mature than you, it's going to be hard to make it work when you're young, when you're not living together, when you don't have shared income, when you don't have parents that agree, and on and on and on and on. So just understand the quagmire that you're getting yourself into. Quagmire? Yeah, that's a word you may want to look up. It's kind of like a mucky mess. So. Like quagamussels? Quagamussels? <laughs> Nate likes to use big words sometimes, and I... She doesn't have a Especially very Especially if vocabulary. we argue. She has a lot of four-letter vocabulary words. I do not. I, that is not true. It's Hopefully not. I'm none just of teasing. my students are listening and hear that. Oh, one other thing with relationships that I was going to say is, so when Nate was saying, like, talk to your parents about it, I was giving him this look like, really? But with me, I found someone like my older sister or someone who had a good relationship and I ask them for advice because sometimes you don't want to talk to your parents. No, sometimes you don't. But find someone who has a good relationship and you. An adult you have a good yeah. relationship with that has a good relationship. Yes, exactly. Like an aunt or an uncle or maybe it's a friend's parents. I mean, it, 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 your life is different. It depends on you. but Yeah, so it doesn't always have to be a parent. And will you know when it's the right time? I don't know. You'll know that it was the wrong time when looking back, though. You'll definitely know that. <laughs> That's for sure. And I've heard lots of stories that people fall in love before they even realize they're in love because they've never been in it before. So. Mm. All right. Next Let's question. Let's see. Oh, I want to answer this one. Okay. What if you don't like the sport you play and you want to quit, but you don't know how to tell your parents because you know they'll get mad? Honestly, if this were my kids and they wanted to quit a sport, I would want them to just tell me. I don't want them to be doing something they're not passionate about. And sure, it might be hard for me. One of our kids quit soccer, and he was so good at soccer. So, so good. And I was kind of like, really? But ultimately, it's his decision, and I don't want him doing things that he is not happy doing. And I feel like most parents are that way. And if you just sit him down, you know, and explain to him the reasons why, like I don't want to do it because of time or I'm not passionate or I want to do something else. If you sit him down like an adult and you talk to them like you're an adult and it's a well thought out decision rather than just like a really rash decision of I don't want to do it, then they're going to be more likely to listen to you because you are more responsible rather than just quitting. They'll see it that you're being responsible. Yeah, and I would also add, just know that they really just want the best for you. And the only reason they would get frustrated about something like that really is because they probably see something in you that they think could go somewhere. So they just want what's best for you. And to Jess's point, I'd create a PowerPoint. Like (laughs) steps one through five, here's the reasons. No, I'm just kidding, don't do that. But but at least do a Google site. We don't make PowerPoints anymore, Nate. Well, Boomer. Google Sites. Make a website. Oh, a full website. You can do a blog. No, I'm just kidding. But oh, a vlog. A vlog, yes. A vlog. a vlog. Anyway, but with with that, like he says your parents see something in you and maybe they think you're gonna get a scholarship for it. So before you quit anything, make sure it's a really well thought out decision and your parents will be able to see that. You yeah. know, make sure it's yeah. really well thought out, right? Pros and cons. 
Yeah. Right. The reasons why. Oh, that's really good. Do you remember when we've done that before? Yeah. Where you want to do something and we sit down and we'll write pros and cons mm-hmm. and we'll add a point for every pro and a point for every con. And if there are more points on the pro column than there are on the con column, just by adding them up one, two, three, right? Then maybe it's something you should be doing because there are more pros than cons. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the last question that we have is, well, actually, well, the question is, is it bad to think somebody is attractive when you are a thing with someone else. So I guess that's what it's called. It's a thing. A thing. Not yes, I guess steady. I guess they're a thing. It was in air quotes, right? So Jessica's favorite, like, I don't know, if she could run away with anybody. Is it Chris or Liam these days? Oh, I don't know. I don't know which one. She are you guys loves team? the Hemsworths. Oh, they're so attractive. And here's the thing. We've we've been married for twelve years and I yeah. am infatuated with her. I love her so much. And I would never, ever run away. I told Nate, I'm like, if they came up to me and they were like, oh, Jessica. Because, <laughs> you know, of course, Liam or Chris, who knows. And they wanted to kiss me. I would never, ever do it in a million years. And he's like, are you kidding? They're a celebrity. I'm like, I wouldn't. I love my husband. But, but it's you totally. Can, yeah, you can appreciate that someone else is attractive. But are you thinking about that person are you wanting to be with them are you comparing them to your um partner or not i think that's the difference like i don't sit and compare chris and liam to nate she compares them to each other i do compare them to each other (laughs) but yeah i mean it's really mental fidelity like what are you thinking in your Mm -hmm. mind if you think somebody's attractive and that's it that's okay but if you think somebody's attractive and you think about that person and you dwell on that person then you've entered a realm where it's not okay yeah and sometimes you like if i found someone attractive and because in the beginning of our marriage i would feel so guilty about it there was this one person and he was in her class she told me all about this i did and i his, told him all his car, about it car oranges and his and carrots stop, with peanut butter stop what if he listens to this podcast <laughs> what if one day that's so embarrassing oh. i might have to delete that anyway <laughs> so i came home and i'm like nate there's this guy in my class and he's really attractive And I felt so guilty about it. And we talked about it and it really just kind of helped the guilt go away. And you've come to me and told me like, there's this cute girl in my class, but we know that we love each other and we're not going to go run away with the Hemsworth brothers, you know. Open communication is really, really the thing. In a relationship, if you're a thing with somebody really open communication is the most important thing you can have and if you don't have that then it's not really a very strong thing so yeah um well it's been like 40 minutes maybe we should talk about summer next week uh we can we can talk about peer pressure a little bit probably oh yeah not not summer peer it's pressure. pressure yeah well, well I, I feel like we kind of talked about it a lot i'm pressuring her like, into this right now being <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't talk about peer pressure. I chopped my hair off because of peer pressure last year. In front of her. Oh, yeah. She's done it more than once. She did it in front of her whole school for peer pressure. That so. wasn't peer pressure. Eh, I just was. said I'd do it. But my friends peer pressured me into it. One night we were having a girls' night. And they're like, just cut your hair. And I came home. 
And Nate was like, what? It was really funny. But I feel like we've talked a lot about the peer pressure because like surrounding yourself with friends that respect you and respect your values. That's huge. And I'm not going to tell you because most of my friends, like my friends are respectful of my values and they wouldn't ask me to do things. And hopefully you're around people like that. But oftentimes when you're hanging out with people and maybe you don't want to drink alcohol, but all the people you hang out with are drinking alcohol or, and maybe it's not even around you, but they have before. And you start thinking, well, wait, I'm the only friend that hasn't tried alcohol. And it kind of gets in your head. Like, well, why haven't I done it? And so at that point, sometimes we pressure ourselves into doing it because we want to be the same as our friends. Yeah. People have a sheep mentality. And if you've ever noticed sheep in a field, they always congregate together. People really have a sheep mentality. And even if we realize it or not, we do. So that's why it's so important going back to your values, have those values, make choices based on what those values are. And if it's going to impact those values in a negative way, don't make the choice that that really is really actually very important for this. And during the summer, you guys are going to have so many opportunities for situations that come up. Maybe it's, you know, alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's um, spin the bottle. I don't know. You know, don't do things that you're not comfortable spin the, with. Do people even play spin the bottle? I don't we sound know. so old we on this do. episode. Maybe it's swapping saliva, guys. Making out. What? That's what it's called. So I, That's what it was student, called when I was young. A student told me that her dad calls it tonsil hockey. I've heard tonsil hockey <laughs> many times. I don't know. But maybe, yeah, maybe all your friends have gotten their first kiss. And you and haven't. And you haven't. And so you're just going to kiss someone to be like them. Don't do it. Okay? You hold to your values. Yes. The, the thing is, is once you start giving up on those values, it's much, much easier for you down the road to justify giving up on those values again and again and again. And before you know it, you've become somebody that doesn't even live the values that you have set for yourself. You're somebody you don't even recognize anymore. That's life. But it starts with little choices. And it's so hard to go back. You can go back. I mean, there's plenty of my values that I broke as a teenager. And I went back to my values. But it was a lot harder than if you just would stick to those values in the beginning. Agreed. Like, And make sure you're around people. They don't care if you've had your first kiss, if they're your good friends. They're not going to judge you for it. They really don't. Exactly. So surround yourself with good people this summer and stick to your values. And you know what? If you're hanging out with people that do things that are against your values, maybe it's time to find some new friends. Well, guys, we really hope that you have a good summer and you make good choices. Yes, make good choices. That's what I yell at my kids when they get out of the car to embarrass them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, and know that... Uh, Summertime is awesome, but stay out of trouble. Yeah, because the decisions you make now, you may not realize it, but they really can affect the rest of your life. And keep the questions coming. If you guys have more questions going forward, um, email us. What's the email Yes, realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And we really love doing this and we love the questions 
and to the person who wrote us and told us that the goals you're setting and how it's helped you, thank you so much for sending that in. It's almost June and I need to come up with my five. Have you thought about your five yet? I haven't. We do new ones each month and I haven't done new ones yet. I know working out's going to be one of mine. And it will be for me too. But that's because it's been a little bit of a struggle for me. And that's okay because that's why we have new goals every month. You know, we struggle with some things and we set new ones. And don't forget to tune in next Sunday for our new podcast that we don't know what it's on yet. No, we don't. Well, I mean, really, we, we're going to talk probably a little bit more on peer pressure this week, but we had so many great questions that we just wanted to stick with the questions. So yeah. we'll kind of see what we get. They were fantastic. Thank you guys again. Yeah, thank you for being awesome. And don't forget to tell yourself, I am amazing every day that you look in the mirror. Bye, guys.